Welcome to Hydrant Online. My name is Miranda, and I'm one of the pastors here at Hydrant, and we are so thankful that you chose to worship with us, whether you're watching this Sunday morning or if you're listening to it Monday morning on your way to work. We are so thankful that you chose to join us. Now, we are in the second week of our sermon series, Thrive, which is looking at the life and the book of Daniel. You see, last week, Pastor Tim talked about the early life of Daniel and how through hope, humility, and wisdom, Daniel was able to thrive in the midst of, of really life change and life upheaval. And this week, I get the awesome opportunity to talk about probably one of the most popular Bible stories ever and definitely the most popular story in Daniel's life. And that's Daniel in the lion's den. Now, I know for most of us, we think of Daniel in the lion's den as probably kind of like a superhero movie. It's definitely an adventure story, but, but I, have, I have a bit of a confession to make. I was not always a fan of superhero movies. I know, I know, listen, the whole DC versus Marvel argument meant nothing to me until a few years ago. Until this particular movie came out that changed things for me. That movie, Black Panther. Now, I, I will stand firm on this, that Black Panther is my favorite superhero. And so by watching Black Panther, it got me into the Marvel Universe. And so once you're in, you're kind of hooked. And so that meant that I needed to go back and watch all of the movies that had come out before Black Panther so I could be caught up to continue watching all of the ones that would come out after Black Panther. And so I, I, did, I did just that. I watched all of the movies before Black Panther so I could be caught up to watch all of the upcoming Marvel movies. The ones in particular, the Avengers uh, Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. Now, I would preface this, and I will preface this by saying spoiler alert, but you should have watched the movies by now if you're going to go ahead and watch them. But Avengers Endgame, right? That, that movie shook the entire Marvel universe. And I say that because, because at the end of Endgame, the superheroes didn't win. In fact, half of them were wiped out with the snap of her fingers. And so that movie got me thinking, it, it got me wondering, and, and I struggled, honestly. I struggled with this idea that the superheroes didn't win. And that really, at the end of Endgame, Thanos was the victor. And so, luckily for us Marvel fans, that wasn't the end of the movie series. Endgame came out but that doesn't mean that every single superhero at the end of Endgame made it to the end. And so for me, that, that was something that I had to struggle with because at the end of Endgame, we see that Iron Man doesn't make it. And Iron Man is such a beloved superhero, and so it threw us for a loop to see that the superheroes win but Iron Man isn't there to see it. Iron Man knew something, Tony Stark knew something that I think we can apply and that Daniel shows us even today, is that ultimately good will prevail, 
but necessarily his, his time, his function, what his job in that was over. Ultimately, he knew he would sacrifice, he would do whatever he needed to do in order for good to win out. And so today we're going to be talking about Daniel in the lion's den. So if you would, turn to Daniel chapter 6, whether it's on your phone, on your tablet, uh, or if you have your Bible out in front of you, turn to Daniel chapter 6, and, and we're going to read the whole story. I, I, I went back and forth on whether or not I wanted to read the entire story, but I feel like there's power, and I believe that there's power in reading Scripture and reading huge chunks of Scripture like this story. So that's what we're going to do. So Daniel chapter 6, verse 1. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom, and over them three high officials, of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give account, so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against Daniel unless we find it in his connection with the law of his God. Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors, are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions." Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and injunction. Verse 10. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any God or man within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, 
O king, that it is the law of the Medes and the Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Verse 16. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. And the stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Then, at break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. And he came near to the den where Daniel was. He cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God, sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions. And they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. And the king commanded, and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den of lions, they, their children, and their wives. And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all of their bones in pieces. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all of the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. I know that may seem like a lot of scripture, but it's very clear to me that in, after reading this story that Daniel displayed three different characteristics that I believe define what it means to thrive. And, and Pastor Tim touched on them last week. The first one being humility. You see, humility is defined as a modest or low view of one's own importance. Also, it's defined as humbleness. Daniel showed humility when he was put into high regards by the king. You see, he didn't let it define him. He didn't let it change who he was. He didn't let it go to his head. He maintained who he was and who God had called him to be. He continued to pray. He continued to serve. In fact, he continued to pray three times a day. And no, he didn't do it publicly. He went up to his chamber room and he, he did it privately, but he still maintained who he was and who God had called him to be. In fact, the satraps, which the satraps were like governors of that time, tried to devise a plan to catch Daniel doing something wrong. But they couldn't because Daniel was a man of humility and of integrity. The only way they found that they could get Daniel was if they messed with his religion. 
if they messed with his connection with God. You see, they figured that for Daniel, his religion was his Achilles heel. And we, we know that the Achilles heel is, is a weak spot. And so, so they figured that Daniel's religion was the way to get him. And so that's where the next characteristic, hope, comes into play. You see, hope comes from the faithfulness of God. Throughout his life, Daniel saw the faithfulness of God time and time again. I think that it's important to note that in this story of Daniel in the lion's den, that Daniel is not this young, strapping man that oftentimes he's portrayed to be. You see, he was probably in his early 70s to mid-70s during this time. He was an older dude. And, and, and still, so he had seen the faithfulness of God all throughout his life, through, through many, many years. And you see, for us, our strength comes from our faith in God. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. You see, the satraps thought that Daniel's weakness was his faith in God. But Daniel knew, Daniel knew that in fact his faithfulness was his strength because only through God would, would that be made strong. Would his faith may, remain secure? And so that brings us to our third characteristic. And, and it's, it's one that I, I want to sit in for a little bit. I want to camp on this one. And that one is wisdom. You see, Daniel was met with a choice. When, when King Darius threw him into the lion's den, he was met with a choice to say, okay, God, no matter what happens, your will be done. And I think that that statement, God, whatever happens, your will be done, is so hard for us as Christians today to say. You know, we want to say, okay, God, your will be done, but, okay, God, your will be done, but like if you could do it this way, that would be a lot better. No, it's just, God, your will be done, period. And that's really hard. That's really hard to say. I think it's easier and more common for us to think that God's will is to always rescue us from our lion's den. Okay, yes, in this particular story, God did save Daniel from his lion's den. But, but here's the thing. Here's, here's kind of the, the perspective shift is that Daniel was okay if God didn't save him. Daniel was content with whatever God's will was. He knew that there could be consequences coming his way if he continued to do what God had told him to do, which was, which was praying three times a day. And he was okay with that. Now, you may be sitting there and you may be saying, well, Miranda, I don't, I don't know that I believe that, that God doesn't always rescue us from our lion's den. And I would... I, I, I sympathize with you. I empathize with you. I get that because I too have been wrestling with this idea all week. <laughs> I, I have had multiple conversations with people and, and I would say, but there's no way. Like God, God always rescues us. God is always there. God is always going to come through. 
And while, yes, that is true, Scripture will tell us, and we're going to open to Hebrews chapter 11. You see, Hebrews chapter 11 was known as the Hall of Fame or the Hall of Faith chapter in Hebrews. But see, towards the end, the writer of Hebrews tells us that not everyone received what they had been promised. So Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to start in verse 32. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jepheth of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword, but they went about in skins of sheep and goat, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all of these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Now you see, all of these people were commended for their faith, even the ones whom God didn't rescue from their lion's dens. And you see, Daniel was content to say, God, I've done what you've asked me to do. However, however this may end, I trust you. Your will be done. I I don't know about you, but that's hard. That's a hard statement to say. I, I, I wrestled, I wrestled with that statement of God, whatever happens, your will be done. You see, for me, I, uh, when I was 21, my mom was diagnosed um, with pancreatic cancer. And uh, for those of you that don't know about pancreatic cancer, it has less than a 5% survival rate, meaning that more often than not, once pancreatic cancer is detected, the lifespan is significantly cut short sometimes from a few days to a few months, maybe a year if you're lucky. And, and for me, I wrestled with this. At such a young age, for me, I, I, I wasn't sure that I could say, God, whatever happens, your will be done. Because it didn't, it didn't make sense to me that my mom would be diagnosed with cancer at such a young age for her and that that ultimately she would pass away from this disease, It, it didn't make sense to me. It didn't make sense to say, well, God, no matter what happens, your will be done. In fact, I had multiple conversations with people, and one conversation in particular, I, we were out for a walk, and and, uh, and this idea, the person that I, I was walking with, um, he said to me, he said, hey, I know that we're praying for physical healing. 
And, and, and that is absolutely what we should be doing. But, but have you considered praying for spiritual healing? And I remember I stopped in my tracks and, and was very confused. In fact, I, I, I probably was a little mad. Because for me, it sounded like that we were giving up on praying for physical healing. But for me, that's all I was praying. All I was praying was that, God, would you heal her? You can do miracles, and I know that you can do one here. I hadn't even thought about the idea of praying for her spiritually. I hadn't even thought about the idea that, that, that God's will may not be to heal her physically, but that he was going to heal her spiritually. I couldn't grasp that. Now, years later, I, I can see that, that God's will, hear me when I say this, I do not believe that it was God's will for my mother to get cancer and to die. But what I do believe is that God's will, big picture, ultimately is going to win out. And so while my mother wasn't rescued from her lion's den, God rescued her in another way of, of healing her spiritually because her life and her legacy is living far beyond her physical body. There is not a day that goes by where I don't talk about her. There isn't a day that goes by where I don't talk about the faith that this woman had in her last weeks. You see, for me, in that moment, it was very hard to say, God, your will be done. But now as I look back on it, I can very much so say, God, your will be done. Because he healed her, not the way that I necessarily would have wanted it to be, but he healed her in the way that ultimately is going to make his will prevail. You see, oftentimes, We think that we can pray our way into great faith. We think that, that by, if, we pray, if we pray three times a day, if we pray 30 times a day, that, that we're going to have this amazing faith, and that's just not the case. Great, you see, great faith comes from walking with God and experiencing God. It takes experience of walking with God for years to develop that great faith. You see, Daniel, when he was getting thrown into the lion's den, had great faith, and it didn't just happen overnight. It happened over years and years of walking with God and experiencing his faithfulness. So no, for me at 21, I couldn't see that what God was doing was ultimately his will prevailing. I couldn't see that. But now, years later, I can, I can see that, okay, while that is hard, God is going to take that and use it for his glory. You see, God is going to take everything in our lives, the good, the bad, the ugly, the stuff that we want to hide from him, the stuff we want to hide from everybody else, the stuff we'd rather not talk about. God is going to take it and he's going to use it for his ultimate glory and his ultimate will, his big picture will, his, his ending, ending, ending will is going to prevail and it's going to be good. You see, God knows more than what we know. And he sees how this is all going to play out. And so, remember earlier when I was talking about Avengers, and, and Avengers Endgame specifically. You see, Tony Stark 
realized that for him, he wasn't, he wasn't, going, to, he wasn't going to be rescued out of his lion's den. And he was okay with that. Tony Stark was okay with this idea that, that good will prevail and that, that ultimately the superheroes, the good guys would win, but that he wouldn't be around to see it. He was okay with that fact. You see, Tony Stark knew that the greater good was worth more, honestly was worth more than his life. You see, friends, God's glory and his will is always worth more. And so these three characteristics, hope, humility, and wisdom, they, they don't happen overnight. They happen over years and years of experience and of obedience with walking with God. I think that today we as Christians have this, almost this entitlement mindset of that God has to rescue us, that God has to save us, that God has to come and deliver us when we don't think and we can't even see the bigger picture. We can't see the bigger picture that God sees. We can't see that his will and, and how that plays out. So what if we shifted our perspective? What if we shifted our mindset to say, God, your will be done no matter what, period. No ifs, ands, or buts thrown in there. God, your will be done no matter what, period. And see, friends, God's will is going to play out regardless. And, and this will is his big picture will. He is going to weave all things together, the good, the bad, the ugly. He's going to weave it all together. And it's going to create this beautiful tapestry, this beautiful image. It's going to be something that's beautiful and it's going to be something that's good. And one thing that I've learned through through dealing with my mom and going through the things that I did with my mom is, is that God and his plans are far better than anything that I could ever ask for, hope for, or imagine. No, I didn't want my mom to get cancer. No, I didn't want my mom to pass away. But I wouldn't be who I am today if that hadn't happened. I wouldn't get to talk about how amazing she was and, and I wouldn't get to talk about the good things that God did. I wouldn't get to talk about how God redeemed and saved her if it wasn't for that. So while in the moment, friends, it may be hard to say, God, your will be done. I want to give you hope to know that, that God's will, his perfect will, is good. Let's pray. Father, Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity that we get to come together to, to talk to you, to talk about you. God, I know that in the midst of heartache, in the midst of trials, it's hard to thrive. But Lord, may we develop over the years of walking with you the hope the humility and the wisdom that it takes to have deeply rooted, deeply grounded, firm foundational faith. God, would you, would you prepare that way for us? 
Father, we give you all the honor and all the glory and all the praise because you deserve that and so much more. So God, we say thank you and we love you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.